to your Catholic drive time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic drive time. And welcome to Catholic drive time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. Today is Friday, July 21st, 2023. The Feast of St. Victor of Marcel. He was a Catholic officer in the Roman army, a member of the noble lineage, and a milit- and had great military valor, and he was known for his great intelligence and strategy and war. He lived around 290, and during this time, when Catholics were fiercely persecuted, he developed a secret apostolate among his fellow soldiers and the people of the city, encouraging them to face persecution courageously. Eventually, he was, of course, discovered, and his postulate was destroyed, but not before they took him, and they were going to execute him. But because of his noble lineage and his military valor, he was required to be brought to the emperor himself. So he was brought to the emperor, and when he brought, was brought before him, they tortured him. They tortured him in the cruelest manner that they could come up with. And they told him to deny the Catholic faith, but Victor remained faithful in fact he was so faithful that he converted three soldiers who were guarding him while he was imprisoned Theocritus. and and the and the he was then uh brought over to he was then brought over to the uh temple of jupiter and to burn incense to the false idol and while he was there victor kicked over the statue of jupiter destroying it and they and his punishment for destroying the statue of Jupiter, his foot was chopped off and his body was crushed by a millstone. But when the mill eventually broke down and he was still alive, they ordered him to be beheaded. And that's when he finally met his end. But a great, uh, great many of miracles started to occur in the cave where his remains were kept. Now, his relics were preserved for centuries in the Abbey of St. Victor of Marcel up until the French Revolution, when they attempted to destroy the relics of St. Victor. But fortunately, or maybe providentially, they was kept safe in the Church of St. Nicholas of Chardonnay in Paris. So praise be to God, his relics remained safe. And let's learn from St. Victor of how to be courageous, how to stand up for our faith, but also how to encourage others to stand up for their faith, how to have others be faithful with fortitude. So let's pray for that virtue. Let's pray for that grace that we can imitate St. Victor. St. Victor of Marcel, pray for us. And good morning to you. I hope you're having a wonderful morning. Today is, in fact, Friday. Congratulations. You made it to the weekend. We are here. The weekend has arrived. And now I hope you can uh, take a little bit of a nap uh, to rest a little. I'm sure you have a dozen things you got to take care of at home. But make sure you set aside just a little bit of time for rest and relaxation, and relaxation, especially if it's uh, on Sunday. Make sure you set aside some time on Sunday for rest and relaxation, some leisure time. But joining us right now is Tito Edwards. Good morning to you, Tito. Good morning, Adrian. I, uh, that was a great story you said of that saint. I just got so excited. I had to jump in and say, thank God. That, thank goodness. That was awesome. He kicked over the statue of Jupiter, the greatest of the Roman gods. That's 
awesome. Yeah, St. Victor. Uh, we need more devotion to these military saints. The, uh, I think a lot of that is lost in our modern culture. This kind of idea that, oh, well, you know, we don't really want to be militant Catholics. We want to be, you know, be soft Catholics. We want to be nice Catholics. But St. Victor wasn't nice when he uh, knocked over the statue of St. Jupiter. So maybe that's something that uh, we should keep in mind in our daily lives henceforward. Now, I want to say good morning, of course, to everyone listening on the Guadalupe Radio Network. But, of course, today, in a special way, good morning to you listening on Catholic Spirit Radio. This morning at 15 past the hour, John Hall with Catholic Spirit Radio is going to be on with us to discuss Catholic Spirit Radio. We're going to get the story of where does Catholic Spirit Radio come from, who started it, where did it come from? What are they doing and what are their plans? All this coming up at 15 past the hour. Uh, before we jump any further in, though, I have to remind you that Sammy Rodriguez Jr., he's the president of the Guadalupe Radio Network, he wants to share an inspiring and encouraging message with you during these trying times. You know, things are pretty crazy in the world and in the church, so look out for that letter from Sammy in the coming days and it will have revealed valuable insight for daily growth. So if you don't receive it, please reach out to Sammy. You can email him directly at grnonline at grnonline.com. That's grnonline.com. Or sorry, that's grnonline at grnonline.com. Hope that was clear. And he will send you one lickety split. And if you already received one, I'd love to know. So let me know if you received one. I'd be curious of what your thoughts are. Uh, but make sure you send him an email if you have not received one yet. Uh, he would love to hear from you. And I'm sure you would love to hear from him as well. Now, coming up in this morning, uh, we just mentioned 15 past the hour, Catholic Spirit Radio. John Hall will be on with us. At 30 past the hour, did you hear about Jason Aldean getting banned? That's all everyone's talking about, so we're going to discuss that as well. And the next hour, did you know that St. Thomas Aquinas wrote about music? What did he have to say about music? I think that's going to be the theme for today. Jason Aldean, St. Thomas Aquinas, we're talking about music today. And, of course, we have our Fear and Trembling game show uh, with prizes involved. So make sure you're tuning in for that because today is the day where we draw out the prize. So you're going to want to tune in in the next hour because we will be giving away the prize today. A special prize that is uh, something that we're running out of. There's only a few left. If you don't get it now, I mean, you may not get it ever. So make sure you tune in for that. But let's begin with prayer. We're going to pray for your intentions, whatever it is that you have going on in your life, whatever you have going on this weekend. I hope we that it goes well. We're going to be praying for those intentions. We also pray in a special way for all those suffering from child trafficking, from sexual abuse. And of course, we pray for our friends, our family and our benefactors and all those that we promise to pray for. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. O oh my God, I beg of thee, in union with the Immaculate Heart of Mary, through the merits of the precious blood offered to thee in every sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, to grant that this day one sinner may be converted, one mortal sin be averted, one soul in doubt be converted to truth, one soul about to die in sin receive the grace of repentance, and a happy death, and the deliverance of that soul in purgatory which is nearest heaven. I wish by this offering to console the heart of Jesus in agony for souls lost through the teaching of error against the true church of Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. 
May thy blood, O Lord, be my salvation. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now your headline news with Tito Edwards. Good morning. Thank you very much, Adrian. You are listening to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. Today is Friday, July 21st, Anno Domini 2023, and these are your headlines. Catholic World News and The Pillar are reporting Cardinal Angela Becciu, the key defendant in the Vatican's landmark financial trial, has again asserted that he is innocent of charges, none excluded, as a prosecutor wraps, us, wraps up his case. Good try. Catholic News Agency is reporting Louisiana will become the 20th state to outlaw sex change operations for children after the Republican-led legislature overrode the Democratic governor's veto of the legislation. All right. LifeSite News is reporting Maine's Democratic governor signs bill legalizing abortion up to the moment of birth. And Vatican News is reporting over 3,000 Australian pilgrims have set out for Portugal to take part in the highly anticipated World Youth Day. This vibrant contingent represents one of the country's largest groups ever to attend the international event with strong representation from the Archdiocese of Sydney and Melbourne. LifeNews.com is reporting a Florida amendment would legalize abortions up to birth for any reason. And finally, LifeNews.com is reporting a Brazil congresswoman starts a prayer campaign to stop legalization to legislation to legalize abortion by praying the rosary every day, leading fellow colleagues and voters. I am Tito Edwards, and these are today's headlines through a Catholic lens. The Gospel today is about the Sabbath, keeping holy the Sabbath. Our Lord says in Matthew chapter 12, verses 1 through 8, in verse 1, he says, At that time, Jesus went through the corn of, on the Sabbath, and his disciples, being hungry, began to pluck the ears and to eat. And the Pharisees, seeing them, said to him, Behold, thy disciples do that which is not lawful to do on the Sabbath days. Now, of course, what we're seeing here is that the Sabbath, is something that kind of how we see Sunday. Well, not so much anymore. Nowadays, we kind of just do whatever we want. But the Sabbath is the what we have in the Catholic faith or in the Christian faith, the Lord's Day. The Sabbath was on Saturday because Saturday is the last day of the week, and Sunday is the first day of the week. And that, but that's the day our Lord rose from the dead, and so we celebrate the quote unquote the Sabbath on Sunday. Um, but if anyone says we moved the Sabbath from Saturday to Sunday, we didn't actually move the Sabbath. It's just we don't celebrate the Sabbath anymore. We celebrate the Lord's Day, which is Sunday. Now, in verse 3, he says, But he said to them, Have you not read what David did when he was hungry and they were with him? He, how he entered into the house of God and did eat the loaves of proposition, which it was not lawful for him to eat, nor for them that were with him, but for the priest only. Now, I think it's important to note here is that he's saying that when you are hungry, you can eat on the Sabbath. If you, because the plucking of corn and the peeling of corn, that was considered servile work. And so you could not do that on the Sabbath. Now, he's saying here, not that, oh, yeah, you can work on the Sabbath. He's saying you can eat on the Sabbath. You can go and do the work to eat on the Sabbath. What is this referring to? It's referring to the Jews could not even cook on the Sabbath. They were not allowed to cook. Even to this day, many Jews will have their meals set up on Friday, and they will have automatic timers to let their ovens turn on a certain time the next day because they're not allowed to push the buttons to be able to cook their food. But our Lord tells us, no, if you're hungry, 
eat. That's, that's it. It's very simple. However, many people could abuse this saying. Many people could abuse this saying. And so he even goes further and says, Or have you not read in the law that on the Sabbath day the priests in the temple break the Sabbath and are without blame? But I tell you here that here is a greater than the temple. So here he's making a distinction. He's saying, look, the priest in the temple break the Sabbath. However, you have to understand is that the priests break the Sabbath not because they are doing servile work on, the, on, a, on a Sabbath day, but because they're doing the Lord's work, because they are slaying and burning sacrifices. In fact, there is an axiom of the Jews that there is no Sabbath in the temple. In the same way that you might think of our, our priests that say, yes, we should rest on Sunday, but Sunday is the busiest day of the week for our priest because they are doing the work of the Lord. Why is this important? Because we see in verse 7, and if you knew what, the, what this meaneth, I will have mercy and not sacrifice. It would not have condemned the innocent. For the Son of Man is Lord even over the Sabbath. So he, what is our Lord saying? He's saying that, yes, on the Sabbath or the Lord's Day, we can, in fact, do works of mercy. So if you want to volunteer at a soup kitchen, of course you could do that on a Sunday. But if you want to go do servile work, you want to go to do your nine to five, or our Lord's saying, of course, you should not do that. But doing the work of the Lord on a Sunday is, in fact, okay. This is very important to keep in mind and make that distinction because many people will say, see, our Lord said we, did, we could do whatever we want on the Sabbath. That's not what he's saying. We should still try to keep holy the Sabbath. In fact, Cornelius Alapide, when he was commenting on this, he very clearly states that the reason why the disciples and the apostles were allowed to pluck corn and peel the corn was because they were so busy about the work of the Lord and the studying of the words of the Lord that they were forgot to eat. And that because of that, they were allowed to cook. What does that imply? That implies that we should try to remember to do as little work as we can on Sunday, including the cooking and cleaning and such and, and such and such. But if it be necessary, then in fact we can. Now, it's also important to note that the Jews, even of that time, knew that this was the case. That it was these Pharisees and these Sadducees to, that are living in this time that were against what the Jews always knew. Because the Jews always knew... And if your sheep fell into a ditch, or you could go and get it out. If you fell into a hole, you could draw the person out. It is only today, in our Lord's time, and then time after that, that they discarded that for the traditions of man instead. So let's us follow our Lord and not the traditions of man. We'll be right back right after this. Hey, Donnie, what does the catechism say that the purpose of life is? To know, love, and serve God and be happy in the next. That's right. So we can be happy with Him in the next life. As parents, we're the primary educators of our Catholic faith to our children. And if you don't know your Catholic faith as well as you should, that's okay. Just tune in daily to the Guadalupe Radio Network by logging online to grnonline.com. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Listen, learn, love, and pass it on. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say that we should stop opposing things like abortion and homosexual unions because there's simply nothing we can do about it? You can't prevent that stuff. It's inevitable. So just accept it. Well, G.K. Chesterton says the other word for inevitability is impenitence. 
we have let ourselves be dominated by the notion that there's no turning back. This idea is rooted in materialism and the denial of free will. Now this modern refusal to undo what has been done is not only an intellectual fault, it is a moral fault also. It is not merely our mental inability to understand the mistake we have made, it's also our spiritual refusal to admit that we have made a mistake. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org And welcome to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. It's so good to be on with you today. Praise be to God. You know, it's always good to be here with you. But, you know, today, I think it would be an excellent opportunity to talk about Catholic Radio. Because, you know, we stream online. We stream our shows to YouTube, to Facebook, to Rumble, to Odyssey, and all these different things, and it's uh, very good that we, that we do those things. However, and many times, it's almost, uh, it's just not, it's not great that on these other platforms, everyone is censoring. Like, you can't tell the gospel message whole and undefiled, because if you do, what happens? They censor you. And they kick you off their platforms. And so it's always good to keep in mind that we stay on Catholic Radio and we always will be promoting Catholic Radio because there we remain uncensored. In fact, it's the only platform where we can actually preach the gospel and they're not going to just kick us off at any moment. And to talk a little bit about Catholic Radio and specifically Catholic Spirit Radio is Mr. John Hall. Good morning to you, Mr. John Hall. Good morning, Adrian. How are you? Praise be to God. I am doing well. It's I'm too blessed to be stressed, as my friend uh, Jesse Romero might say. Now, John, yeah. uh, many people may have uh, not heard of uh, Catholic Spirit Radio. In fact, I hadn't heard about them, and I was looking up some information, and you all seemed uh, to have uh, founded in 2011, so uh, fairly recently. So tell me a little bit about Catholic Spirit Radio. Where did it come from, and uh, a little bit about it? Well, we're, we our first station uh, went on the air in about 2011. Uh, it was founded by me and a friend of mine actually helped me. I'm a broadcast engineer by trade, and I had founded uh, part of Catholic Radio, Spirit Radio, a, a, a uh, music radio station, a Christian uh, music station years before. But I had uh, driven around in my work and heard EWTN and Mother Angelica, and specifically uh, the Terry, Terry Barber and Jesse Romero show on EWTN years ago. Nice. And uh, I was I was very moved by this by the show and the presenting and what they were doing with it. And uh, when the FCC opened a window in 2008, me and my buddy filed for a radio station uh, in. Illinois. We're based out of Illinois, central and northern Illinois. And uh, we ended up getting that and went on the air in 2011 with our first station at about 300 watts. Wow. Praise be to God. And so what kind of inspired you to do so? I mean, it's kind of a pretty bold situation to say, you know, I'm going to buy a radio station. I, I'm always impressed with people whenever they say, when they do kind of... Um, the uh, the ridiculous for the Lord these these wonderful things tell me about that that kind of inspiration. 
the Lord had been working on me for quite a while, uh, tr- uh, trying to, 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 I'm trying to get me to do this. I, and I had been saying, no, no, I don't want to, I, I'd rather do this or I'd rather do that. I'm not the right person for this or I'm not, you know, but eventually I just, I, uh, submitted to, to the Lord's will. And, and, and that's how Catholic spirit radio came to be initially with our first, first station. And from there we've added, uh, over the years and every station has a unique story, but we've right now we're up to six stations. Uh, we're adding seven and eight, hopefully this year and maybe wow. even more. Wow. This year. All in, uh, in, in that amount of time. That's pretty amazing. Uh, what kind of team do you have? Do you, are you running this uh, by yourself or what, how big is your team? The, our team's relatively small and we're all volunteers. I work two full-time jobs outside of this and uh, all our volunteers also work or they're retired and uh, we have a core of probably maybe six people, eight people uh, that generally do most of the work and they're all very good and uh, the Lord just leads us and we do what what we're what we're asked and it it works god god's plan comes together we we're just the instruments you know it's really amazing and i i love uh your kind of um one of the main aspects of your mission is promote catholic marriages and i think that's absolutely wonderful Uh, what kind of made that to be such a key part of your mission well uh, we we just want to promote everything Catholic and marriage without marriage, there's nothing, you know, the family comes from that. And without the family, there's really no church. Ultimately, I think that's what the world's trying to, to, to get at today is to undermine the family, get rid of it and eliminate, you know, eliminate the family really. Mm. So we've got to support marriage. We've got to support traditional values traditional catholic values and that's what we're all about amen amen and uh, it's it's funny because i mean we've just been hammering the the marriage issue so much recently uh, on on catholic drive time and then i was reading about y'all's uh, mission and they all mentioned it um, multiple times throughout y'all's mission and i was like yeah this is great this is wonderful and it was just reminding me i was seeing um Ariana Grande just got married, and then a couple months later, she divorces her husband, or her husband divorces her, or something like that, and now she's on to dating some other guy already, and I'm just thinking, how are these the the people that uh, our culture promotes as as moral exemplars? These are the people that we are like, oh, these are our, our idols, these are our celebrities, these are the people that we want to promote. And I'm thinking, this is horrible. This is so bad. Uh, divorce is the is probably the biggest destruction of our culture. Uh, ever since then, everything's only gotten worse. Uh, what are your thoughts about um, the state of uh, of marriage and the culture? I, that's very true. What you said, divorce is a horrible scourge, and now they're you know they're pushing the agenda of 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 the homosexual agenda and the, whatever it is. You know, trying trying to undermine everything, 
it's 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 horrible and we do you know i feel a great need to reach people and reach the youth especially and that's very difficult but i feel with with uh, the addition of you guys to our morning show it re- you your your programming really hits home every day i feel like you're hitting the topics that we need to talk about on Catholic radio and, and, and inform people of, of, you know, I think a lot of people are just sort of sitting there uninformed of what's going on uh, today in the world and, and, or, or they're, maybe they're overwhelmed, but they need to know, and we need to, we need to resist what the world is pushing on us. And, and we have to, we have to do what's right. Amen. Amen. You know, I think that's one of the the big things that that I hammer home a lot is um, this fear of of human respect, of losing human respect, and we have to seek the approval of God rather than the approval of man. And I think that's a, a key that's right. aspect of of our of our faith that we need to understand, especially living in a, in America in the 21st century. They're going to call you a racist. They're going to call you a fascist. They're going to call you this, that, and the other. And we have to say, whatever, don't care. As long as uh, God sees me, as long as I'm in a state of sanctifying grace, you can call me whatever you want, and I don't care. Uh, just don't call me Shirley, though. Amen. <laughs> now, it's very interesting also. I've noticed that y'all have a bunch of local programming y'all produce. This is it's kind of mind-blowing seeing that uh, considering that you're telling me that it's nothing but volunteers <laughs> running everything. How do you accomplish this? By 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 the Holy Spirit. Uh God has has set all this up and brought the, a lot of these wonderful people and and programming uh to us and it's i have a background in radio i've been in radio since i was i mean i've been interested in radio since i was five i've been in radio for decades and uh it it just i believe that radio does have to have local we have to be compelling local uh, have some compelling local programs and elements to it uh, for the local audience to listen to. And we try to provide very good local programming and everything that we put on the air. My my rule of thumb is if Mother Angelica wouldn't approve of it, it doesn't go on the air. <laughs> That's a pretty good thing to uh, to keep in mind, right? Yeah, good if, filter. Uh, yeah, exactly. Good filter to think about that. What would Mother Angelica do? I think that's a good way to think about it. Now, what are your long-term plans? You mentioned that you have about, you're working on maybe like up to eight construction permits uh, at the moment. Uh, what are the long-term plans? Uh, to continue to grow. I don't, I want to, uh, I don't want to say no to the Lord at any time. I, I want to say yes. And I, there's a lot of opportunity out there in Illinois uh, we especially need Catholic radio, mm-hmm. uh, and there's a lot of still a lot of Catholic radio deserts out there, and and radio is is very important to get the the Catholic message out to a lot of people. So I intend on growing uh, as long as as long as possible. I want to add as many stations as possible. Amen. I love Illinois. I mean, I traveled to Peoria to go visit uh, the Shrine of Fulton Sheen there. And yes. um, when I was 20, I was discerning uh, the priesthood. I spent a while there in Chicago with the uh, canon director of St. John Cantus. Uh, so I, I, have a, I have a love for Illinois. And there's so it's, it's a very concerning area 
um, but it's, it's, it's definitely uh, ripe for the God's grace, right? Absolutely. And where sin abounds, grace abounds evermore. And uh, seeing Catholic Spirit Radio uh, growing by this rapidly, um, it's a sure sign of, uh, of God's grace abounding in Illinois. So praise be to God. Now, before we run out of time, how can people get connected with Catholic Spirit Radio or how can people support Catholic Spirit Radio? Very simply by going to our website. It's catholicspiritradio.com. And from there, you can find more out about us, and uh, all our information and details are up there. Again, at CatholicSpiritRadio.com. CatholicSpiritRadio.com. And check out some of their uh, their local shows. They have a number of them. I think they have at least uh, four, and I think one of them is like as like uh, switches uh, host like every other week or something like that. As a pretty extensive group of uh, people, they have maybe on uh, deacons priest um lay people all coming in and working with catholic spirit radio that's a very amazing apostle god bless you god love you mr hall and it's a uh, good to have you a part of the team god bless you guys thank you so much all right and that's gonna do it for this segment when we come back uh did you hear about jason aldean is jason aldean a racist we're gonna come back speaking of just calling everybody a racist we're gonna talk about that coming up <laughs> in the next segment it's gonna be a good time plus saint thomas aquinas what did he have to say about music uh he had a lot to say about music surprisingly uh, maybe more than you thought i was surprised when i saw how much he had to say because i was thinking it was gonna be almost nothing so that coming up in the next hour plus of course our fear and trembling game show but up next Jason Aldean, is he a racist? Oh, a sneak peek. <sighs> Someone's a racist, and we're going to talk about that. We're going to get to the bottom of this. We're going to figure it out together. We'll be right back. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. According to 1 Corinthians 11, receiving communion in an unworthy manner can result in sickness and or death. If communion is simply wafer and juice as opposed to body and blood, doesn't the possibility of sickness and death just seem a little over the top? So here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. First off, in the Bread of Life discourse in John 6, Jesus says, He that eats my flesh and drinks my blood dwells in me and I in him. Note, he said drink my blood. He did not say drink my wine or grape juice. Well, no comment commentary needed there. Secondly, you going to walk? The disciples did not walk away from Jesus over a symbolic teaching of body and blood. They walked over how literally Jesus was teaching them. Also, they did not walk over the idea that feeding on Christ's body and blood is feeding on the Bible. No, no, no. And thirdly, your new response. My Catholic friend, when you are asked, hey, have you received Christ? Your answer is yes. Every Sunday at Mass, that's how I know objectively that Christ is in me. I actually was gone from the Catholic Church for 35 years. I want to get to heaven. I don't know if I will. I mean, I worry about it. But I not only want to get to heaven at the moment of my death, I want to find as much heaven as possible here on earth. So I need help. I don't know why I turned on my radio because I've kept my radio off for years. And once I turned it on, I was absolutely hooked. The Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time Show. Today is Friday, July 21st, 2023, the, in the year of our Lord. And these are your headlines for this morning. National Catholic Register is reporting 
Quote, I honestly feel I have arrived home. End quote, says Richard Payne, who on July 2nd became the 11th former Anglican bishop and the first Anglican bishop of Wales to be received into the Catholic Church through the personal ordinariate of Our Lady of Walsingham since its creation in 2011. Deo gratis. Catholic World Report and Catholic News Agency are reporting Prisha Abigail Mosley, 25 AD, transitioning woman formerly known as Charlie Mosley, filed a lawsuit July 17th in North Carolina's Gaston County Superior Court, naming her therapist, physician, surgeon, and their corresponding medical facilities who facilitated her medicalized gender transition to a man during her late teens as a defendant. Good for him, her. Catholic World News and Catholic News Agency are reporting human trafficking by the numbers. New reports estimate millions of daily victims. In 2021, 27.6 million people worldwide were subjected to forced labor. That figure comes from the September 2022nd report, Forced Labor and Forced Marriage, authored by the International Labor Organization. According to the joint report, 17.3 million people were victims of forced labor, 16.3 were victims of forced commercial sexual exploitation, and 3.9 million people were victims of state-imposed forced labor. Catholic World News and Catholic News Agency are reporting government officials and pro-life nonprofits in Kansas are gearing up to implement the state's innovative alternatives to abortion program, an initiative that pro-life legislatures passed in spite of the Kansas governor's veto of it. The measure, enacted into law earlier this year, is meant to serve as a statewide program to enhance and increase resources that promote childbirth instead of abortion to women facing unplanned pregnancies. And finally, Alatea is reporting the Vatican is preparing to celebrate the Third World Day for grandparents and the elderly with a special Mass on Sunday, July 23, 2023. The event will include a show of support and prayer from the elderly for the young people who are making their way to Lisbon for World Youth Day, thus uniting the two days of celebration of the elderly and the youth. I am Tito Edwards, and these are today's headlines through a Catholic lens. Thank you, Tito, for keeping us up to date, and very happy uh, Grandparents' Day coming up this Sunday. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I have grandparents. So grandparents are awesome. We love grandparents. Yes, we, we love do. grandparents. So happy Grandparents Day to my grandparents. I'm going to go see my grandmother. Actually, I typically see her every Sunday, but I'll see her on Saturday as well. We're having a little bit of a, uh, a birthday party for. I, it's kind of like it's kind of confusing. It's my grandmother's sister's husband, but they're like ninety something years old. Wow! And so um, there's going to be like a hundred people there because he has like a million grandkids. Good and, for him. Uh, so it's going to be a massive uh, gathering, and it's only going to be mostly uh, hit their family, meaning like their immediate family. <laughs> and it's going to be like uh, like almost 100 people, which is kind of crazy. Uh, so we love grandparents. Grandparents are wonderful. We need uh, more relationships with grandparents, more respect for the elderly. All this, I think, is all good things. But uh, con- speaking of uh, respect, did you hear about Jason Aldean? Yeah. That, Pretty that, crazy. Very. Double standard all the way around. They song, uh, Try That in a Small Town. Everyone's coming out and saying, this is racist. This is bad. This is so horrible. And uh, the country music television, they pulled the video. They're like, we're not going to promote this racism. And I was like, oh, what? What did Jason Aldean do? And which was really funny to me because I was thinking, you know, I'm not really a huge fan of Jason Aldean. 
because I'm just like I just don't like his music to be honest. I like my kind of party, um, Dirt Road anthem songs like that. It's just too much, too much pop in my country, too much rap in my country. Um, and I was thinking he's racist, didn't he? Didn't he have Ludacris sing in one of his country songs? <laughs> he had a a black rapper singing in his country song. And he's a racist? Wow. It's really strange. I was like, all right, all right. Um, I guess I'll listen to this song. So I tuned it in. And uh, let me let you listen to this song for just a second. And you can tell me, do you think that this sounds racist to you? cut it there and yeah i mean <laughs> i think that sounds uh really racist to to me doesn't it tito yeah wow i i i, I don't know I, I feel like uh putting on a, a white hood all of a sudden <laughs> my goodness it, it's crazy to me because the uh there is no mention of anybody's race in that video no nope. and if you watch the video it's showing of all these blm protesters and most of them are white like we forget sometimes that most of these agitators, most of these Antifa people who claim to be speaking for the quote unquote colored community, they are white people. They're coming in, these white liberals coming in and pretending to care about black people by destroying their cities. Very concerning. So it's very clear to me that he's not talking about that. No. But you know what it does tell me, though? It does tell me that these leftists are actually racist and i know it's kind of a cliche with like they're the real racist but it's true though because he's talking about how he is condemning violence how he's saying that we need to protect our own that we should live in small towns and have good communities and then the left comes out and goes this is obviously talking about black people wait nobody said that you said that yep (laughs) he's talking about people who live in small towns who take care of each other are you saying that black people don't take care of each other? Are you saying that black people are the ones committing all the crimes? Because that's not what Jason Aldean is saying. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying I don't like criminals. I don't care what your color of your skin is. I don't care about any of that. I don't care how, what color your hair is. All I care about is are you going to be attacking me and my family? And if you're part of my community, then I don't even care what religion you are. In general, I do care. But if I'm going to protect you, if I see someone in danger, I don't, I'm not going to sit there and be like, um, what religion are you? Uh, what, where do you come from? What city are you from? I'm not going to ask that. I'm going to see somebody in need, and you're going to help them. And I'm sure Jason Aldean is that way. And I know that to be a fact because Candace Owens actually came out and said when she moved to Tennessee, 
the first person to reach out to her was actually Jason Aldean and his wife and invited them over and had her, her over for dinner. That sounds like an action of a racist, don't you? Yeah. I, I was reading about The View with Whoopi Goldberg and those other uh, interesting women, and they want the music to be banned and not sold in stores. And And I'm thinking if they want to ban that music that has, like, 0.01% barely any anything derogatory or negative about anything, then they would have to ban about 80 to 90% of rap music. Okay, so that's another point. That's another good point that I wanted to make here, is that this music, and let's just say you're like, you know what? I just don't like any references to violence in my music. None. None whatsoever. Well, okay. As long as you are consistently applying that standard. Because then you'd have to apply that to Death metal, heavy metal, uh, you have to apply that to rap music, apply that to pop music, apply yep. that across the board. Across the board. And yet, these leftists, and maybe that's your position, and if that's your position, then I respect that entirely, actually. Um, I don't like that kind of ideas being promoted. But for these leftists, they're perfectly fine with this. In fact, there was a song that came out during the BLM riots yep. that was uh, called FTP which stands for blank, the police, that was released right after the BLM riots. And I, I didn't hear anybody's outrage about it. And let me just read to you some of the lyrics. And I'm going to have to bleep out most of it. It says, bleep the police, that's how I feel. Buy a Glock, break down the block, that's how I feel. Murder after murder after all these years. Buy a strap, bust back after all these tears. Mama's crying, how are they going to heal? How would you feel? Bleep silence. Speak bleep, this bleep ill. Big stick on me. Y'all kill. We kill. Been tired. Bleep cardboard signs. We in the field. It's the Ku Klux cops. They on a mission. It's the Ku Klux cops. Got hidden agendas. It's the truth. I won't stop. Now, he's literally calling for killing police officers. He literally says, y'all kill. We kill. And so he's saying that we're going to kill the police. And yet, I didn't hear anybody talk about that. In fact, I didn't hear any outrage at all. Hmm, very interesting. Very interesting double standard. So we're going to talk a little bit more about this when we come back because the state of music is something that we should definitely discuss because this music is honestly garbage. 99% of the music we listen to is honestly garbage. So you're making me defend Jason Aldean. I don't even like his music that much, but now I have to defend him. So we'll be right back with more. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Because Jesus said in Matthew 23 that no one should be called rabbi, father, or teacher, I'm sure you would never call one of your teachers teacher, would you? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, a Catholic no-no, calling a priest father. Well, what about Paul calling Timothy, Titus, and Onesimus his sons? No doubt his spiritual sons, but is it not proper for a spiritual son to call his spiritual father father? This reverential title should never have generated such a big point of contention. Secondly, the New Testament. In Acts 7 and Romans 9, we see the term father being used referring to Abraham and some of our great patriarchs. And my take, isn't context everything? When Jesus is speaking to the multitudes, it's oftentimes in the language and style of hyperbole. His discourse was not focused on titles or ecclesiastical guidelines. Jesus was once again warning against giving honor where honor is not due. Next time you see your pastor, just say, hey, preacher, uh, it just seems so lacking. Donnie, what are the mysteries that we pray on the rosary? Glorious, luminous, joyful, and... 
colorful. There you go. As parents, we're the primary educators of our Catholic faith to our children. And if you don't know your Catholic faith as well as you should, that's okay. Just tune in daily to the Guadalupe Radio Network by logging online to grnonline.com. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Listen, learn, love, and pass it on. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. It's so good to be on with you today. You know, we're talking about Jason Aldean, which is kind of funny to me because I, I, I don't know what mentioned it. He's, he's well-known to have a country rock vibe to his music. And I am not a few, huge fan of rock music, as you may be aware. I really actually like country music, but I don't like it. Like the, the song... There's a song, I think it was written by, I want to say, was it Alan Jackson maybe, called Back When. And one of the lines in the song is, uh, they put pop in my country. And I just wanted the uh, way it was back then. And, or back when. And I was uh, thinking about that. And I was like, yeah, that's exactly how I feel. Like all this, these new songs, they like want to kind of blend rap into it, blend some rock into it. And all of Jason Heltine's songs all pretty much sound the exact same. And I just not a huge fan of his music, but then everybody starts attacking him, and I'm like, okay, okay, I gotta listen to the song. And I start listening to it, and I'm thinking, eh, I don't really like the song in terms of like its music, but the lyrics are the lyrics are good. I like the I like the message promoting small town, promoting uh, defending your culture, defending uh, defending grandparents and tradition, because he says, you know, I have the gun my grandfather gave me, and they say they're gonna take it. And people are saying, see, he's he's encouraging a race war. He's like, no, that's actually referring to the government taking your guns, which if you believe the people who are calling us racist, isn't it run by white people, even though we've had a black president? And so it's very interesting to see all this. And we're talking about it. And I'm like, okay, well, otherwise, if they had not attacked Jason Aldean, I probably would never have listened to the song ever. And now it's gotten 5.5 million views as of yesterday afternoon. I should double check to see what it is today. But 5.5 million views. Yeah. I went back for a few years out of Jason Aldean's entire YouTube channel. And his next top one over the last like two years was 1 million views. And so they've made him much, much more popular uh, by promoting this. And I'm very happy to see that Jason Aldean has not backed down. In fact, he's doubled down. His wife actually came out, and I was very impressed. His wife fired back and said, never apologize for speaking the truth. And I'm like, amen. Amen, Brittany. That's pretty amazing. So I'm very pleased with that. And I'm glad that that's happening. In, in less than 24 hours, that song was number one on iTunes. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> that was awesome. That's what happens. And so I think the other thing to keep in mind here is that these people who are talking about this, who are pearl clutching and saying, how dare they have music that's so bad? You have to understand. We have garbage music constantly, and people don't even realize. Like, do you know what music your kids are listening to? Do you know what music is being played at your kids? I don't know, school dances, at the football field, at the baseball field? Life teen mass. Well, probably not that, but the um, it's very, very bad. It's very, very bad, and we should keep in mind what's happening. For instance, and I can't even read to you the lyrics for these songs. I just have to like describe it to you because it's so bad. That if I was to censor it, I would just be censoring every other word. It's very, very bad. Like, for instance, this one song called WAP is Cardi B's fourth number one hit on, oh. on the billboards. Oh, my goodness. And the song is literally about 
women wanting to be promiscuous and trying to, and I'm trying to figure out the, 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 uh, we can't the most say the lyrics. PG way of saying this, is trying to uh, promote sexual immorality among women and basically for women to be as loose as humanly possible. That is one of the songs that is being promoted by the culture. That's one of the number one songs. That means statistically your kids listen to the song. Now this other song, Pound Town, which features Nicki Minaj, is another song that's just like this one. Who has gotten renowned, has won tons of awards, and people are all people are talking about. Pound Town. Statistically, your kids are listening to this. This stuff is garbage and it's rotting out the brains. And this goes for a number of things. One, the actual music itself is trash in terms of its like musical skill, in terms of its singing ability, in terms of its uh, tune and melodies. It's all bad and it all promotes the basis desires within the person. But then on top of that, to make it worse, the lyrics are all so bad that you can't even read them because they are so just horrific. And so I would always encourage people to not allow your kids to listen to this garbage and not allow yourself to listen to this garbage. Even if you think, you know, I'm an adult. I know the right from wrong. I just kind of like the sound of it. It affects you. What you listen to affects you. What you see affects you. And Professor Plinio actually talks about this a little bit when he talks about what we keeping custody of the senses. He talks about how we are so bombarded with ugliness in the culture. And just think about you go to the mall and this type of music is playing over the speakers uh, all the time. Even if it's less subtle, it's more subtle. Even if it's more subtle, usually the songs are about divorce. These songs are about hooking up or shacking up. The songs are about uh, all sorts of things, using drugs, all sorts of really bad things, even if it's more subtle. How about the songs that was promoted Unholy that was on the Grammys that they are singing about uh, about working with the devil? All these horrific songs, and they're playing them over the speakers. Now, we can keep custody of the eyes fairly easily. We see something ugly, we look away. We can't keep custody of the ears because anywhere you go, it's not like you can just plug your ears with something. You have to hear what's happening around you. And so what we noticed is that this is the most pernicious skill of the revolution. The revolution will try to pump this music into you, and so that way it shapes the way you feel, think, and act. And so what are the way to combat that is by playing and listening to good music. Palestrina, listen to some polyphony, listening to some classical music, even though some classical music is not the best, but trying to promote good music and foster that within the soul it directs your mind towards god rather than to base desires now when it comes to your sight the custody of the eyes this is also important not just for sexual things which is 100 percent true like if you see a woman immodestly dressed we should definitely keep the custody of the eyes and look away but even for art even for sculptures we see these ugly hideous sculptures that are put up in our buildings and on our streets and in our public parks and they are assaulting the eyes. They're assaulting the senses. And we've become so desensitized to it, we kind of just shrug and move on. But they are ugly. And they should be recognized as ugly. And they, if you do not recognize it as ugly, you kind of accept it. And so how do we combat that? Well, one, we don't look at them. And two, we expose ourselves to beautiful things. And this is very important. We go to visit beautiful museums. A lot of these modern museums are hideous. We go look at beautiful sculptures, beautiful churches, beautiful buildings. 
and we cultivate that within our souls. Now, this is important because Professor Plinio says, whatever is not explicitly rejected is implicitly accepted. Let me repeat that. He says, whatever is not explicitly rejected is implicitly accepted. Now, how does this, what does this mean? Well, it's kind of like this. You see these ugly statues, and you don't say anything about it. You don't look away. You just let it pass over you. Now, what happens? You start to normalize that within your mind and within your eyes. And so you start seeing it all the time. You see things like that, and you shrug. It's like, eh, just another thing. And then now you start to cultivate that as the normal standard of art. And so now when you see modern buildings, modern houses, modern architecture, you think, oh, that looks good. Oh, yeah, I like that. And you don't actually understand that it's ugly. The same thing goes with music. We let this music wash over us, this music play over us. We don't think about the lyrics. We don't think about what it's doing to our souls. And we just let it wash over us. We become desensitized to it. We're implicitly accepting it. And those start shaping who we are. And even if we reject it, the, the conclusions of it, the bad actions, the bad morals, we're still allowing it to affect us. And so we have to explicitly reject it. What does this look like? Well, whenever I see an ugly statue, I always like to point it out. If I'm, especially if I'm with someone else, I always be like, oh, look at that statue. It's hideous. That's ugly. And if you have the time, explain why it's ugly. Oh, it's ugly because they're using uh, profane materials and they're not depicting anything of reality. They're depicting um, abstract shapes for no purpose. And then if you really have time, I would sit there and even go on further and say, what would that statue look like if we lived in Christendom? What would that be? Where, what statue would be in its place during the reign of Mary? Oh, well, the Eiffel Tower, for instance, that would be replaced with Our Lady. There would be a ginormous statue of the Immaculate Conception. They place that in, that in its place. If you think about what's in your city, if you live in San Antonio, you see these hideous statuary. Well, what if they had a huge shrine to St. Anthony there in its, state, in its place? What a grace that would be. What if you had the Franciscan martyrs and saints in place of these ugly statues? These are the kind of conversation that you can cultivate in lifting your mind and heart to God. The same thing applies when you go to a restaurant, when you go to a store. You hear this music that's assaulting the senses, and you reject it. You have to explicitly reject it and say, oh, yeah, this music is bad. This is why it's bad. You have to understand these things and pay attention to what you're listening to. Pay attention what the revolution is trying to push on you subtly. Because we often can recognize and push back against things that are explicit. We can often push back on things that are trying to, whenever they're trying to preach at you. But it's the implicit things. It's the subtle things that are disguised so well that we rarely are able to try to identify them and then able to reject them. And so we have to be vigilant. This is the virtue of vigilance. And so we must pray for the virtue of vigilance so we can recognize these creeping aspects of the revolution within our own souls and within the souls of our children and the souls of our family. This is why I would try to reject any type of this pop music in general. Even, I really like country music, but even a lot, a lot of country music, even a lot of Western music. I try to keep, I like a lot of bluegrass music. It's usually more Christian-based for, for pleasurable listening to. But even then, a lot of it is just not good. A lot of it is promoting bad values. We don't want that in our minds. We should think about that when we think of our movies, our TV shows, our paintings, our architecture, the music we listen to, 
Every aspect of our lives should be formed and directed toward Almighty God. God is not an afterthought. He's not something we do on Sundays. He's not something that we put off in the side. He is the center of our lives. And if he's not, he should be the center of our lives. And if he is the center of our lives, will we allow it to affect every aspect of our lives? Or will we let it only affect the aspects of our prayer? Say, okay, well, at these times of the day, I'm going to pray regularly. That's good. I'm glad you're doing that. However, it should not only affect our prayer life. It should not only affect our quote-unquote spirituality, but it should affect our lives in the secular world. It should affect the workplace. It should affect our family lives. If it does not, we are failing. We are failing as Catholics because we cannot be Catholics on Sunday. We cannot be a Catholics in the privacy of our home. We have to be Catholics 24-7, 365. There is no exception. There is no exception, sure. and we yep. must promote this to our friends, to our family, to our benefactors, to ourselves, to our children. All these things must be promoted. So think about that next time you're throwing a party, next time you're having a gathering. What kind of music are you going to play? What, what are you going to promote? What values do you want people to see? And you have the option. You have the option. Because the same thing works in reverse. If the revolution can influence subtly by their decadence and their ugliness, then we too can subtly affect change by our beauty, by our glory, by our sanctity. Because remember, sanctity, like vice, is contagious. We'll be right back talking a little bit more about music with St. Thomas Aquinas coming up in just a moment. Years ago, when I started acting, modeling, and singing in Mexico, my Catholic faith was not the center of my life. It took me many years to discover that success, fame, money, and all the pleasures of the world were not going to fulfill me. I got to a point in my life where I thought I had everything, but I realized something was missing. Thankfully, I began a faith journey that brought me back to God and the home to the Catholic Church. You can too. Discover more at catholicscomehome.com. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your One Minute Tool for Catholic Evangelism. Here's the question. Should pastors and churches place expectations and obligations on the congregation? Your average non-Catholic evangelical would say no, maybe even no way. It might be said, we do not need written order, discipline, or expectations. Those should derive from personal desire and from the Holy Spirit, not from a church. Or, each Christian's conscience should be sufficient for correction and discipline. Or, the Holy Spirit will personally lead each believer as to what church or to attend and certainly how often they should go. So here's your three best friends tools for Catholic evangelism. Natural law says human society cannot be well-ordered nor prosperous unless it has legitimate authority to preserve its own institution, the Bible. Secondly, the Bible, which says in multiple places such as Hebrews 13, 17, obey them that have the rule over you. And thirdly, the Catholic Church says when we are properly ordered, we will be capable of resisting conformity to the contemporary demands of unhealthy individualism. So obligations, much obliged. I don't know why I turned on my radio because I've kept my radio off for years. And once I turned it on, I was absolutely hooked. I love the shows with the Catholic apologist. I love the shows with the sort of day-to-day psychologist, Greg and Lisa Popchek. I love hearing not just of other people's problems who call in, but I love getting the Catholic take on how to deal with day-to-day reality. The Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. 
Your connection to our treasured Catholic faith all day, every day. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Hi, I'm Vilma from St. Thomas More Parish. You're listening to AM 1430 KSHJ Houston, part of the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. It's so good to be on with you today. Praise be to God. Today is, in fact, Friday. You made it to the weekend. Congratulations. You know, it's kind of funny. Yeah, I was thinking about what to talk about today because um, our friend Dave Palmer is is off today. And so he is not joining us. And I was thinking, what should I talk about? And then the perfect article came across my eyes. It's about St. Thomas Aquinas. And, you know, Dave Palmer runs back to the Father where he talks about St. Thomas Aquinas every Friday. And I was thinking, this is a thing to talk about. Now, it's also interesting because it was just declared by Rome that we're going to have a celebration of St. Thomas Aquinas. And there's going to be indulgences attached. It's going to be a good time. And so it's good to talk about St. Thomas Aquinas, especially right now. Especially since a couple days ago, it was the his uh, feast day, or rather, the anniversary of his canonization. So it's good to talk about him. Now, you may ask, okay, why do I care what St. Thomas has to say? Uh, who is this St. Thomas person, and why should I care? Well, John the twenty second in 1334, talking about um, St. Thomas, he said, He alone enlightened the church. More than all other doctors, a man can derive more profit in a year from his books than from pondering all his life the teaching of others. So, if you have uh, one option, if you could just choose one person to read for the next year, you would profit more from reading St. Thomas than pondering any other book in the world written by any normal author, any other man. Very, very interesting. It's interesting because he talked about this after preaching about around um, Psalm 85 and having sung the Veni Creator Spiritus. And then before he sung the Te Deum and he canonized St. Thomas. St. Thomas is a wonderful, wonderful saint, which we should know and we should love And Pius XI actually echoes the words of John XXII here. And he says, these words of John XXII echo those of Pope Alexander IV in 1261, who wrote to the living saint, to our beloved son, Thomas Aquinas, distinguished alike for nobility of blood and integrity of character, who has acquired by the grace of God, the treasure of divine and human learning. It's important to keep this in mind. St. Thomas is not just some random guy. His opinions matter uh, more than mine do and more than most theologians do. Many atheists still use and quote St. Thomas Aquinas and admire him deeply. He's a very famous philosopher across all spectrums. Yeah, absolutely. Now, he says uh, in this article put out by 1 Peter 5, I noticed uh, Thomas on the Doctrine of Music, one of the he said, says here one of the 512 questions in two of the 2,669 articles of his masterpiece, the Summa Theologiae, that monumental work left unfinished, 
also deal with music. In particular, if you wanted to follow along specifically what he's talking about here, uh, Secunde Secunde, Question 91, Articles 1 and 2. Now, if you don't know what that is, don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. He says Aquinas himself asked two questions. Whether God should be praised with the lips and whether God should be praised with song. Now, it's very interesting because people will say, Praying for God to do or not to do a certain thing implies that his will can be influenced in the same logic as one who invokes a miracle. Why then would we want to bend his will according to our interest if God is good and omnipotent? Now, it's important. St. Thomas replies to this, and he explains the reason why we pray. And now many people may have this exact question, and St. Thomas will tell us. He says, we use words in speaking to God for one reason. And in speaking to man for another reason and speaking to God, not indeed to make known our thoughts to him, who is a searcher of hearts, meaning God knows exactly what we think, what we feel, what we believe. God knows all that already. He says not to make known to ourselves who is a searcher of our hearts, but that we may bring ourselves and our hearers to reverence him. Consequently, we need to praise God with our lips, not indeed for his sake, but for our own sake, since by praising him, our devotion is aroused towards him. And for as much as man, by praising God, ascended in his affection to God, by so much as he withdrawn from things opposed to God. Now, I'm going to repeat that last sentence there. And for as much as man, by praising God, ascended in his affection to God by so much as he withdrawn from things opposed to God. This is important because this echoes what St. Dominic would say, which would make sense because St. Thomas was a Dominican, a follower of St. Dominic. St. Dominic said that he wished that his brethren would speak only to God or about God. And I kind of make this my goal as well. I don't always succeed, but I kind of make this my goal as well to speak only to God or about God. Why? Because when we speak to God or only about God, we raise our minds and hearts to heavenly things. We transcend the earthly realm and we bring ourselves to the heavenly kingdom. And consequently, necessarily, because nothing unclean can enter heaven, when we contemplate heavenly things, when we draw ourselves to heavenly things, either by the con direct contemplation of those things, which is prayer, or by discussing those things with our friends and family, with the people around us, it not only ascends us to God, but it draws us away from the temporal world. It draws us away from evil and sin. I promise you, if you take on this, this, this task, if you take on this burden, this easy yoke, I promise you, you can conquer your sin. Whatever sin it may be, if you say, I will only speak to God or about God, Try that for a week. Make that a challenge. I'm only going to speak to God or about God for one week. I bet whatever sin that you're dealing with, whatever sin that you're struggling with, you'll be able to overcome. Now, it's interesting because then he talks about music. He says, as stated above in Article 1, the praise of the voice is necessary in order to arouse man's devotion towards God. Wherefore, whatever is useful in, condu in conducing to this result is becomingly adopted in the divine praises. Now it is evident that the human soul is moved in various ways according to the various melodies of sound, as the philosopher Aristotle states, and also Boethius. 
Hence, the use of music and the divine praises is a salutary institution that the souls of the faint-hearted may be more inclined to devotion. So, here is the lesson here. This is the lesson that we should keep in mind. What is the purpose of music? The purpose of music is to give glory to God. The purpose of music is to arouse in us devotion to God. This is important to keep in mind because music does arouse emotion. That's recognized. Certain melodies, certain sounds can move the soul in certain ways. Have you ever noticed that certain music will make you angry? Certain music will make you sad. Some music will make you happy. Isn't it weird how music has that effect on us? How are we going to allow an external force like music to change the way we think and act? But St. Thomas says, that is the case. Thus, we should use it to incite devotion. And St. Jerome, it's echoed here, that St. Thomas reminds us that St. Jerome does not absolutely condemn singing. But reprove those who sing theatrically in church, not in order to arouse devotion, but in order to show off or to provoke pleasure. This is important to keep in mind because what does this imply? This implies that if he does not absolutely condemn singing, that means he does condemn singing, just not absolutely. So what does that mean? That means singing has a purpose. Our singing, just like our praise, is directed towards God. And so if we are singing things for our own pleasure or to show off, well, then that is something that we should not be doing. Especially, especially, he says here, he reproves those who sing theatrically in church. Do you know anyone who sings theatrically in church, I may ask? If so, well, St. Jerome reproves them who do those kind of things because we should not be trying to provoke pleasure to show off, we want to arouse devotion. We want to arouse devotion, and our music reflects our theology. And so must, our music must be theologically sound. It must be something that directs our minds and hearts to God. It cannot be base. It cannot be something that is secular. It must be beautiful because it reflects the beauty of God. We have to keep this in mind, and we can learn so much from St. Thomas Aquinas. So I think it's important that we meditate upon this aspect of music and this aspect, and we reflect on ourselves and our own actions. What do we do? And then at the end of this article, he says here, what a valuable lesson comes from this master of thought and model of the right way to do theology. To the many deluded people who for over the 50 years have replaced him with Karl Rahner, and his anthropo anthropological turn, meaning turning in on man, thinking about man rather than thinking about God, what strength can we, because this guy is a composer, what strength can we, musicians, composers, singers, or of liturgical chapels, church organists, and instrumentalists from the words of the Dr. Communis, meaning the common doctor, we want to conclude by making our own words pronounced by Pope Pius XI during the audience with the members of the Pontifical Roman Academy of St. Thomas Aquinas, that's the Angelicum, on March 18, 1923, before the sixth century, for the sixth centenary, rather, of the canonization of the Angelic Doctor, saying, quote, We will celebrate this centenary, making glory to God, thanking him for having given us in Thomas Aquinas 
such a large revelation of his infinite beauty, of the infinite splendors of that wisdom which is himself. We will build ourselves on the example of that great man raised up by God and who never took his gaze off God, dedicating his whole life to the glory of the church of God. End quote. A beautiful, beautiful meditation. And I love how he says we must build ourselves in imitation of that. Imitation of that example. Because what did St. Thomas do? He says he never took his gaze off God. This is something that is very, very important for us. And think about that. What is your gaze upon? What do you look at? What is your focus on? What is your goal in life? Unto what end? Unto what end do you do all things? Unto what end do you sing? Unto what, what end do you speak? Unto what end do you work? These are some uh, very good and beautiful words you're saying. This is, I would uh, strongly uh, suggest to our listeners that they uh, contemplate many things that you've, you've just said here and, and uh, go to adoration and uh, reflect on that. It's just, uh, that's a beautiful moment. If you don't know what to do, just go to your nearest adoration chapel and, and sit in front of Jesus and just think of him, and uh, you too will be inspired. Yeah, so there you go. I think it's very interesting and very good to think about. I think this is something we should all be asking ourselves in everything we do, no matter what it is, we should be asking ourselves, unto what end? And if we ask ourselves that in every situation, I think we will be all be better because we recognize, oh, well, maybe this is what I'm doing here that is uh, not something that would give glory to God, not something that's going to bring me closer to God. Because at the end of the day, that's the point. Is our actions bringing us closer to God or further away? There is no neutrality. To be neutral, to be stagnant, is to be losing ground in the spiritual warfare, to be losing ground in the spiritual life. If we're not growing, we're shrinking. There is no stagnation. There is no neutrality. Keep that in mind. And I promise, I promise if you keep this advice, St. Thomas Aquinas will intercede for you and he will draw you closer to his love, which is our Lord Jesus Christ. And that'll lead us into our fear and trembling game show. If you would like to play, all you have to do is call in 877-757-9424, 877-757-9424. Call now, and you could be the contestant. How do you play, you may ask? Well, you have to call in. And here's a sneak peek. We're actually giving away the prize today. today. So today is the day we're going to give out the prize. You're going to want to call in 877-757-9424, 877 877- Seven five seven nine four two four. Last chance to win the prize this week because the prize is given away today. Number one more time: eight seven 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 five seven nine four two four. We'll be right back with fear and trembling right after this. 
Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. If Jesus brought two of the greatest Old Testament saints to meet with three of the greatest New Testament saints at the Mount of Transfiguration, can you say with any assurance that they were not alive, aware, and able to communicate? So here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, the Bible. Luke 9 says, quote, Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor talking with Jesus. Did you catch that? They were talking with Jesus. That means they have cognitive capability. Secondly, heavenly friends. Those in heaven long for your prayer requests. Their intercession far exceeds your best friend's prayers here on earth. Sorry to say that. And thirdly, a pesky comeback. Well, Oral Roberts University has the prayer tower. TBN has a prayer department. Your home church probably has a prayer hotline. Well, guess what? Heaven has on-demand, pure, unselfish prayer warriors known as the great cloud of witnesses. They're waiting on you. feel like life is just too busy, too much, constant noise, social and traffic, work, paint bills, it just doesn't seem to let up. Well, maybe it's time for a change. God offers us relief and hope. So if you're feeling like you need more peace and less chaos, then find your hope today. Begin at CatholicsComeHome.com. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. <laughs> the Catholic Trivia Game Show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. That's the number to call to be part of the game show. And always keep in mind that if you don't get on today, there's always a chance next week. Uh, all new prizes, all new contestants every single week. So make sure you write that number down, 877-757-9424, or go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT to get any and all of that information there. Now, you may be asking, what am I getting information for? What are you talking about here? Well, it's very clear, very simple. I have here three Catholic trivia questions. And you may be saying, oh, I don't know Catholic trivia. I don't, I'm not that well catechized. Well, the trick is you don't need to know any of the answers because I'm not going to ask you. I'm going to ask Tito the questions, and he's going to give me an answer. It's your job to tell me whether or not Tito is right or whether or not he is wrong, which means that even if you just guess the answers, you have a 50-50 chance of getting the question correct. And every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize, Tito, what could they win? Thank you, Adrian, for asking. The prize for today the fear and print for Fear and Trembling is the CDT prize pack, which includes a Catholic Drive Time mug signed by our very own Adrian, myself, and Taylor, and Rudy, including two books by Fulton Sheen, and they are The Seven Last Words and Holy Hour. Those are the, that is the prize for today. Oh, there you go. There you go. So we're going to get that sign, and whoever gets this prize this week... This will be the first coffee cup of Divine Providence signed by four people. I think that's pretty cool. So I think that'll be a great gift. Maybe I think it's the first one. Maybe it's not the first one, but I think it is. And so you may win that prize today. So God bless you if you do. So let's jump into it because we have someone on the line. Jose, good morning to you. Good morning. Jose, where are you calling in from? I am calling from Irving. Irving? That's uh, right outside the Dallas-Fort Worth area, no? 
That is correct. Yes, my uh, my older sister actually went to college there. She went to University of Texas at Dallas, which happens to be in Irving and not in Dallas, which was very confusing <laughs> for me. And I thought it was uh, really great. So we would uh, visit her occasionally. So I've, I know the Irving area a little bit. Not too well, but I know it a little well. Um, what's the thing to do in Irving? Irving? Oh, you can go to the... Uh... I guess go fishing around here somewhere. Oh, we and, like fishing. Uh, the racetrack. There's a racetrack? Yeah. Dogs or horses? Yeah. Horses. Horses. I've never seen horses race. Now I kind of want to go to Irving and go see uh, horses race. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, well, there you go, folks. And, um, Jose, what church do you go to? I go to St. Luke's Catholic Church. St. Luke's Catholic Church. Praise be to God. So there we go, folks. Uh, Jose, Irving, Texas, going to St. Luke's. And where are you off to this morning? Well, today I have I was off. I'm a nurse. I work at uh, JPS Sports World. Well, that's good. I'm glad you get a, get a day off today. That's uh, It's always good to get some uh, time off of work and get some rest and relaxation. Hopefully some rest and relaxation. I don't know if you're going to be uh, uh, just having a list of uh, to-do lists today or maybe you'll get some rest. How is that? Oh, to do to do list. <laughs> oh man! Uh, well, make sure you reserve at least like an hour to uh, just kick back your feet for just a moment. Uh, but you're you familiar with that. how the game works? You know how to play? Yes, yes, I've heard about it. Yes, I have. Perfect, perfect. And you know that uh, Tito can be a little tricky, so you're gonna have to keep your ears tuned. Are you ready to play? Yes, sir. Well, let's jump into it then. Question number one. I'm ready. Oh, wow. Yeah. Tito is really ready. I didn't even ask him yet, and he's Rock already jumping in there. He is really ready today. Friday, baby. All right. The question on the board. Mm-hmm. What is the name of the place where nuns commonly live? Where nuns commonly live? Yep. So monks are from a monastery, so I guess nuns are from a nunnery. Or nunnery. A nunnery? Yeah. Oh, nunnery. Well, that's a uh, interesting answer you you have there. A nunnery. Yeah, just is using Aquinas logic there. Aquinas logic, or yeah. Aristotelian. Oh. Well, this could be a very tricky question, I would say. <laughs> All right, Jose, fifteen seconds on the clock. Oh, what say you? The question on the board is, what is the name of the place where nuns commonly live? Tito seems to think oh, it's called a nunnery. Uh, what say you, Jose, from St. Luke's Catholic Church? I think the nunnery was where those nurses from, those uh, nuns from the baseball games were living. But no, I, I do not agree. You do not agree. All right. Well, let's see if that is correct. It is a uh, kind of, kind of incorrect, but kind of correct, kind of incorrect. We're going to give it to you no matter what because that's a confusing question. Uh, nunnery is actually a real word, and is it? yeah, it's a real word, and it means a convent. So I thought that was a joke word. Yeah, it was actually an, it, it was a it was an insult created in the 14th century uh, by the Protestants, or not the Protestants. It was created by uh, people who were, who hated the nuns. And they called them nunneries. Uh, but the first common <laughs> use of the word was in the 14th century, uh, meaning a convent. Okay. So technically, it is correct. Um, but nonetheless, we're going to give you the answer either way. because Oh, uh, it's a win-win the, for Jose either The correct way. answer was yeah. convent. The correct answer was convent. 
Uh, so there you go, folks. Are you ready for question number two? Yes, sir. All right. Let's do question number two here. Okay. Let's move what this mule. What mystery of the rosary recalls Christ's birth? What mystery of the rosary recalls Christ's birth? That's part of the uh, joyful mysteries, but that particular mystery would be the nativity. The nativity, you're yes. saying? Yes. Okay. The nativity. The Is whole... that French? That sounds French. Oh, I, mean, I would say Latin. I've never heard of this this word you're saying. The nativity. Well, Interesting. We All call, right. Well, yeah. we're going to see. Maybe uh, Jose knows what you're talking about here. All right, Jose. 15 seconds on the clock. The question is, what mystery of the rosary recalls Christ's birth? Uh, Tito seems to think it's the nativity. I, pff, I don't know about that. What say you, Jose, from Irving, Texas? I think I'm going to go with Tito. He's saying he's correct. All right. Well, we're going to see. And that is true. It is, in fact, known as the nativity. The nativity of our Lord is the birth of our Lord. So praise be to God. And we, you think of the, the prefix refers to like birth, like natal care, nativity. Yeah. There you go. Very good. Very good. I, I really call it the nativity. When I get to that part, I say Christ's birth. Oh, yeah. I say yeah. the nativity. Yeah. Yeah. It's like uh, Christmas. The English world renames everything that that uh, the rest of the world calls like the they call the Christmas nativity and Easter Pascha. But in here in the English speaking world, we just substitute it for our own. <laughs> OK, well, there you go. Yeah. America or English, I suppose, America. is a very um, strange language, it's a very strange yes. language. But it's the only language I know. So question number three, Jose, time, yeah. are you ready? Yep. All right, let's jump into this one. Okay. okay. The question on the board. Now, this one, many people may not even know what this is. So this is a tricky, tricky question. What is the lowest of the minor orders? The lowest of the minor orders. I'm going to take a guess here because uh, I don't know, but... Uh, I would think that working in the kitchen, you start off as a dishwasher. So I guess you'd say uh, dishwasher. Then they move you up to to sous chef, uh, then to uh, busting tables, and then waiting tables, and then uh, head chef. Okay. Dishwasher. So you're going with the dishwasher. Yeah. That's interesting. That's interesting. So they turn you into a dishwasher? They make you wash dishes. Oh, yes. so the washer of dishes. A, a, the washer of, of dishes. dishes. Yes. I'm following. Yeah. I'm following. I get you. All right, Jose. 15 seconds on the clock. The question on the board is what is the lowest of the minor orders? Uh, Tito seems to think that it is the dishwasher or otherwise known as the washer of dishes. Oof. 15 seconds on the clock. Jose from Irving, Texas. What say you? I don't know. I think it will be something like something on the lower part of your menu when you're ordering something at the restaurant, but I think that's wrong too. So I guess I'm going to go no with Mr. Tito. You're going to go with no for Mr. Tito. Well, we're going to see if you are in fact correct. So let's see here. It is, in fact, correct. Way to go. Uh, Praise be to God. Jose. Um, the correct answer is a porter. A porter is the actual being that it's referred to. So that's someone who would answer the doors. So whenever you join the community, you would be the, the, the door answerer. 
door and answerer. A, and you were a porter, and that was your job. And it goes up from there. And I, though, you know, there's our, there, it's very interesting how they, these old minor orders have basically fallen away, but yep. many communities still do them, like the Fraternity of St. Peter, Institute of Christ the King. And I actually heard there's a lot of people who are wanting to bring it back. Uh, but the orders, so if anyone is interested, it's porter, lector, exorcist, acolyte, subdeacon, deacon, and then a priest. So those are the orders leading up to the priesthood. There's no can- um, cantor? There is no cantor. Okay. Um, the closest thing would be a lector. Gotcha. So there you go. But well, stay on the line, Jose. We're going to be shaking up the coffee cup of divine providence. Let's have a drum roll, please. And we're going to see whose name gets drawn out here in just a moment. The winner of the coffee cup of divine providence is... Mariano from the Wednesday show. Mariano, praise be to God. Way to go, Mariano. Uh, Jose, I'm sorry. It was not God's holy will that your name be drawn out today. But the good news is that means you can always call back in the future and see if your name be drawn. So make sure you call back in the future. God bless you, Jose. Yes, Jose. Thank you so much for playing. All right. We're going to go into the after show. You can join us. Hop on YouTube, Facebook, Rumble, Odyssey. We'd love to chat with you directly there. But if not, we'll see you back Monday morning, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, across the Guadalupe Radio Network and Catholic Spirit Radio. Plus, in the after show, we might talk a little bit about minor orders a little bit. Have you ever heard of those? Do you know I about them? I think that would be fun. It's going to be a good conversation. So hop on with us. We'd love to see you there. But if not, see you back Monday morning. God bless you. God love you. And remember, Christ is risen. Truly, he is risen. Alleluia. Alleluia. We'll be right back. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's Facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. The Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. Welcome to the Holy Mass at Our Lady of Corpus Christi, home of the Salt Community. For more information, visit OurLadyOfCorpusChristi.org or Salt.net. Today, we celebrate the Memorial of St. Lawrence of Brindisi. We offer this holy sacrifice of the Mass for all those listening at the Guadalupe Radio Network and all of our online viewers. Lift high the cross, the love of Christ proclaim, till all the world adore His sacred name. Come, brethren, follow where our captain trod, our king victorious, Christ the Son of God. 
In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and what I have failed to do through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask Blessed Mary of a Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Let us pray. O God, who for the glory of your name and the salvation of souls bestowed on the priest St. Lawrence of Brindisi a spirit of counsel and fortitude, grant, we pray, that in that same spirit we may know what must be done and through his intercession bring it to completion. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of Exodus. Although Moses and Aaron performed various wonders in Pharaoh's presence, the Lord made Pharaoh obstinate, and he will not let the children of Israel leave his land. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month shall stand at the head of your calendar. Ye shall reckon it the first month of the year. Tell the whole community of Israel, on the tenth of this month, every one of your families must procure for itself a lamb, one apiece for each household. If a family is too small for a whole lamb, it shall join the nearest household in procuring one and shall share in the lamb in proportion to the number of persons who partake of it. The lamb must be a year-old male and without blemish. You may take it from either the sheep or the goats. You shall keep it until the fourteenth day of this month, and then, with the whole assembly of Israel present, it shall be slaughtered during the evening twilight. They shall take some of its blood and apply it to the two doorposts in the lintel of every house in which they partake of the lamb. That same night they shall eat its roasted flesh with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. It shall not be eaten raw or boiled, but roasted whole, with its head and shanks and inner organs. None of it must be kept beyond the next morning. Whatever is left over in the morning shall be burned up. This is how you are to eat it. With your loins girt, sandals on your feet, and your staff in hand, you shall eat like those who are in flight. It is the Passover of the Lord. For on this same night I will go through Egypt, 
striking down every firstborn of the land, both man and beast, and executing judgment on all the gods of Egypt, I, the Lord. But the blood will mark the houses where you are. Seeing the blood, I will pass over you. Thus, when I strike the land of Egypt, no destructive blow will come upon you. This day shall be a memorial feast for you, which all your generations shall celebrate with pilgrimage to the Lord as a perpetual institution. The Word of the Lord. Our responsorial psalm. I will take the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. How shall I make a return to the Lord for all the good he has done for me? The cup of salvation I will take up, and I will call upon the name of the Lord. I will take the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. Precious in the eyes of the Lord is the death of his faithful ones. I am your servant, the son of your handmaid. You have loosed my bonds. I will take up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. To you will I offer sacrifice of thanksgiving, and I will call upon the name of the Lord. My vows to the Lord I will pay in the presence of all his people. I will take up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. My sheep hear my voice, says the Lord. I know them, and they follow me. Alleluia. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus was going through a field of grain on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry and began to pick the heads of grain and eat them. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to him, See, your disciples are doing what is unlawful to do on the Sabbath. He said to them, Have you not read what David did when he and his companions were hungry, how he went into the house of God and ate the bread of offering, which neither he nor his companions, but only the priests, could lawfully eat? Or have you not read in the law that on the Sabbath the priests serving in the temple violate the Sabbath and are innocent? I say to you, something greater than the temple is here. If you knew what this meant, I desire mercy, not sacrifice, you would not have condemned these innocent men. For the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. The Gospel of the Lord. The Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath, and the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Jesus gives us an understanding of our posture and relationship with the law of God. Not just the Ten Commandments, but we have in ourselves a participation in the natural law. We have reason. And reason is that participation in 
we participate in God's eternal law in our conscience and in following the law. For that reason, on various different times, Jesus gives us how we should focus or how we should follow the law. And first of all, understand that we are body and soul. We are body and spirit, and so there, the law must necessarily be for human nature, not against it. The law is made for us. Therefore, it will necessarily have a spirit and a letter. Interestingly enough, if you look at the history of mankind, when we are following God's law, the Ten Commandments, particularly the law of the body, the Sixth Commandment, to not commit adultery, when, when man lives that gift of chastity, he has a correct understanding of the spirit and the letter of the law. But when one commits adultery, adultery is the physical form of the infidelity of the spirit, which is idolatry. Spiritual infidelity is idolatry, worshiping other gods than the Lord God. The physical manifestation of that is infidelity to the body, not having a respect for the sacredness and the holiness of the body. So having a proper understanding that you, you follow the spirit of the law, yes. And the spirit of the law is, especially for the gospel, is the love of God and neighbor. But that doesn't mean that just because you have the love of God and neighbor, you throw everything else out. You throw the baby out with the bathwater. Catholic context of understanding the law is this. It is primarily the spirit and secondarily the letter. A lot of people want to say, well, I follow the spirit, therefore I don't need the letter. No, you follow the spirit, therefore you follow the letter. The place where this is most apparent is in following the rubrics for Mass. You should, all priests should do the black, or sorry, say the black, do the red. And if you can't follow the rubrics for Mass and stay faithful to what the Mass is supposed to be, pretty sure you're not going to be following the spirit of it either, just in the, for the sake of following the, 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 the spirit of the law, or what they call the spirit of Vatican II, which I'm not sure is the Holy Spirit, <laughs> is not following what, what the church prescribes. Canon law is beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. The, the law of the church is beautiful. It portrays the glory of the, the most august sacrament of the Eucharist. That's the language of the canon law. And also the good of people, the good of the church. It's not a bad thing to follow canon law. But follow the spirit of it behind it, to follow both. And in fact, there's been a couple of priests that I've had to ban. I actually banned them from saying Mass ever again at, at Our Lady of Corpus Christi because they wanted to do these weird aberrations of the liturgy. I said, no, no, no liturgy for you. You cannot celebrate Mass here ever again. And so I, I gave them a lifetime ban because I'm not going to allow this place to be subject to those kind of liturgical aberrations because they soon follow the spirit of the law as well, not, not following the spirit of the law. And there were serious aberrations. It wasn't something minor, but that, that's kind of what we have to, with our spiritual life as well. We have to follow both the spirit of love and follow God's holy law, the sixth commandment. I know so many people, uh, especially well-intentioned people in the culture of South Texas, who say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm living the love, the gospel of love, but you're living with your, somebody, your boyfriend, or you're not married and you're playing house. These are not, this is not following God's holy law. Live the spirit, live the letter. 
If you are living with somebody who's not your husband, you are committing adultery. Don't do that. Come back to God, repent, get your life ordered, live according to God's holy law, both spirit and letter. May the prayers of St. Lawrence of Brindisi and our Blessed Mother Mary help us to do this with fidelity and joy and that life-giving uh, praise of God. Let us bring our petitions to the Lord. We pray for the whole church, that it may shine forth the holiness of God, and that all Catholics may answer the call to holiness, to become saints. For this we pray to the Lord. We pray for our Holy Father, all bishops and priests, all the leaders of the church, that they may lead the church with wisdom and courage. We pray to the Lord. We pray for our government leaders, that they may enact laws following the natural law written on every human heart. We pray for an end to abortion, same-sex unions, gender confusion, human trafficking, and all man-made laws that are against the holy law of God. For this we pray to the Lord. We pray for the sick, the suffering, the poor. We pray to the Lord. For an increase of vocations to priesthood and religious life and for the sacralization of holy matrimony as a sacrament of God. For this we pray to the Lord. And we pray for all of our beloved dead that they may enter the Father's eternal glory. We pray to the Lord. Eternal and blessed Father, we ask you to hear us, for we make these and all our petitions in the holy name of Jesus Christ, and through the powerful intercession of our Mother Mary's, we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Jesus, I believe. Jesus, I believe. Jesus, I believe. I believe in you. Jesus, I trust. Jesus, I trust. Jesus, I trust, I trust in you. Jesus, I love, Jesus, I love, Jesus, I love, I love you. Pray, brethren, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. Receive, O Lord, we pray, the offerings placed on your altar in commemoration of St. Lawrence of Brindisi, so that as you brought him glory, you may through these sacred mysteries grant us your pardon through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere, to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, through Christ our Lord. For as on the festival of St. Lawrence of Brindisi, you bid your church rejoice, so too you strengthen her by the example of his holy life, teach her by his words of preaching, and keep her safe in answer to his prayers. And so with the company of angels and saints, we sing the hymn of your praise, as without end we acclaim. 
Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaoth, Plenis Uncelia Teta, Gloria Tua, Osanha in excelsis, Benedictus, qui venit in nomine Domini, Osanha in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. The time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and, giving thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it. For this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. A mystery of faith, we proclaim your death, O Lord and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world and bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis, our Pope, Michael, our Bishop, and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, Blessed Joseph, her spouse, the Blessed Apostles, and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be coerced to eternal life, may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. Recepti salutaribus moniti et divin institutioni formati, audehemus dicere, Pater noster, qui es in celis, sanctifice tuhur nomen tuhum, adveniat regnum tuhum, fiat voluntas tua, sicut in celo et in terra, Panem nostrum quotidianum, dan hobis hodie, 
et mita nobis debita nostra, sicut et nos dimitimus, debitoribus nostris, et ne nos inducas in tentationem, sed libera nos amahalo. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Miserere no hobis, Agnus Dei, Quitolis peccatam mundi, Donna nobis pahajam. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those who are called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. Blessed is the servant whom the Lord finds watching when he comes. Amen, I say to you, he will put that servant in charge of all of his property. For those who cannot receive communion, active spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Sing to Jesus, is the scepter, is the throne. Alleluia, is the triumph, is the victory alone. Hark the songs of peaceful Zion, thunder like a mighty flood. 
Jesus, out of every nation, hath redeemed us by his blood. Alleluia, not as orphans are we left in sorrow now. Alleluia, he is near us. Faith believes nor questions how. Though the cloud from sight received him, when the forty days were o'er, shall our hearts forget his promise, I am with you evermore. Alleluia, bread of angels, thou on earth, our food, our stay. Alleluia, hear the sinful flee to thee from day to day. Intercessor, friend of sinners, earth's redeemer, plead for me. Where the songs of all the sinless sweep across the crystal sea. Alleluia, King eternal, be the Lord of lords we own. Alleluia, born of Mary, earth thy footstool, heaven thy throne. Thou within the veil hast entered, robed in flesh, our great high priest. Thou on earth, both priest and victim, in the Eucharistic feast. Let us pray. They partaking at the heavenly table, Almighty God, confirm and increase strength from on high in all who celebrate the feast day of St. Lawrence of Brindisi, that we may persevere in integrity the gift of faith and walk in the path of salvation you trace for us through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Go in peace. Salve Regina, Mater Misericordiae, Vita Ducedo, Expes Nostra Salve, Ad Eclamamus, Exules Filii Hefe, Ate suspiramus, gementes et flentes, in hac lacrima. The Prayer to St. Michael St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen.
Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg Thee through the intercession and help of the Archangels St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord, amen. All Catholic, all the time. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Hi, this is Kim. This is Courage. And this is Chastity from 321 Voices. And you are listening to 1430 AM. Radio for your soul. KSHJ, Houston, 